Hi guys, Candace here. So glad to get to spend a little bit of time with you today on The Good Day. Here, we'll focus on finding grace in our ordinary days. We'll learn good days don't just happen. And even more, a good life doesn't just happen. There's a choice involved. Join me as we learn how to develop the discipline and cultivate a heart that seeks strength, joy, and peace and finds rest in the good day, one day at a time. So today we have Lainey Travis joining us, and I'm just so thrilled to be joined with another Oklahoma girl. I'm originally from Texas, but I've been here six years now, so calling Oklahoma home, but really glad you're here. So I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? What's it like to live a day in the life of Lainey? Well, I was born in Oklahoma, and I've just lived here my whole life, and I am a mom of four kids and I'm just in the throes of busyness. My two oldest are teen. Well, actually my um, third child turned 13 last week. So now I have three teenagers and an 11 year old. And so I'm just, you know, I'm busy mom just in the crazy season of life, but it's really fun. And I've been married to my husband Reese for 17 years. So, um, we live in Oklahoma city and we just are doing life. So Yeah. Three teenagers and 11 year old. Yes. Yes. It's crazy. Our house is very crazy at all times. And my sister, my youngest sister lives behind me. She has five kids and we share a yard. So I really feel like I have nine kids all the time and my door is just open and closing all the time. And it's really fun, but it's also really crazy. So now you have four and then your sister has five. So did you come from a big family? And I have another sister who lives in Colorado and she has four. So I have three sisters. I'm the oldest and, but I do have a big family. My dad, there were five siblings in his family. And so we're really close with all of our cousins and everybody has like four or five kids and we see each other a lot. So I am used to the big family flow. So that's probably what inspired all of us to have big families. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, you do wear a lot of hats. You're a wife, a mom, a daughter, friend, Bible teacher. Yes. Eager to learn more about your journey as a Bible study writer. Just how did all this come about? Well, I've grown up a believer and I grew up in a Christian home and I never really felt like I was called to actual ministry. I did pharmaceutical sales after college. And then when I had my first son, I stayed home and I always was in Bible study though. I just love being a student of God's word. I love learning. I love growing that way. I love that community. And about six years ago, I really, all my kids were in school and I really felt prompted to open my home for a Bible study just with all my friends. My kids go to a secular school and they love it, but I have a lot of friends who have, were just like, I've never really done a Bible study or I'd love to do one. And I thought, well, I've done them my whole life. I'll just host one at my house. And so I brought in a speaker, one of my mom's friends. It's a really, really great Bible teacher. And she came and led a Bible study in my house and God just blessed it. And it grew and it grew and it grew. And I was like packing in, you know, 40 to 50 women in my house every Wednesday morning. And she was just teaching God's word. And it was awesome. And she, um, you know, had some health issues and had to step away from doing that. And she was, she talked to me, she said, listen, this is growing so much. And these women are so hungry. You ought to step into a teaching role and teach these women. And I was like, Ooh, I've never really been a teacher. You know, I've been a student and I would offer little insights or I would speak up here and there. And she said, you know, I just have listened to what you say. And I really think God's given you the gift of teaching. I think you should teach. Well, this is kind of over a series of events, but I prayed and prayed and prayed about it. And I wanted to keep that momentum going. And so I decided, okay, I'll just step into a teaching role. And that 
I, I would, I started doing other people's Bible studies and I would just sort of expand on them. Mm-hmm. And that led me to start writing new version Bible plans. Cause I realized I really enjoy taking, you know, biblical truth and really expanding on it, making it relevant and just kind of making it um, into a devotional. And then I thought, I'm going to try to write a Bible study. And I sort of challenged myself and I wrote my first Bible study and that was called, will you marry me? And it's about being the bride of Christ. And then I taught it to my peers and I started videoing myself teaching because people would miss or want to see it or couldn't come anyway. And then I ended up self-publishing that. And then I, that just led me to write several others. And so it's been over a series of years, but this is sort of how the journey, you know, took off or whatever. So it starts with just that single step of obedience, you know, yes. people for a Bible study and then taking that next step when it came. Yes. And that's kind of how it was. It was just like another step, another step, another step. And God just kind of showed me the next thing. And I'm still kind of learning. I'm like, Lord, where, where am I headed next? You know, where, where are you taking me? But it was really a passion. I discovered that I really like to write mm-hmm. and I really like to teach. And I never even knew this was something in me. Yeah. So it's sort of new still for me. And I'm in this season where I'm trying to really grow that gift and just see what opportunities God presents yeah. in that area. So I can relate to that too. I mean, I always like enjoyed writing, but for like a journal, writing down prayers, you know, I didn't really think yes. of it. And then I used to teach um, kindergarten though. So I never thought I'd be teaching or the gospel. And then, you know, I write for a living, but I was writing for a software company. And so it's technical. Okay. So it's like been very different, but it's just been cool to see how God uses each of those little, you know, experiences to really prepare you for where he's taking you next. That is so true. I totally relate to that. Sometimes you don't even know which way you're going, you know, it's weird. Like I did, I kind of look back at my sales background doing pharmaceutical sales and really teaching. I'm trying to really, I bring that, that presentation, you know, that I learned there and trying to catch your attention and really make it interesting. And the audiences, I'm like, I can kind of see how God used some of those skill sets that I just never would never thought, you know, and I love to journal too. I always journaled all when I was young, I would always write in my journal and that's sort of how I would express myself or collect my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And now I see it playing out as I Bible studies, because I kind of like to prepare curriculum and kind of organize things and make notes and things like that. So it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, seeing how God's plan unfolds. So I have hosted three women's conferences and that's been really exciting. And I feel like God's really blessed that in that conference, we call it the take heart women's conference based on John 16, 33, where Jesus says in this world, you will face trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And that's sort of where my take heart ministry was born because I really want to encourage and equip women. It's sort of the mission that I feel like God put on my heart. And so anyways, and then the conference has been neat because I brought in Jen Jewel because I was on her podcast, the messy table and we connected and she brings women who really have um, faith stories and they've overcome things in the faith and she will interview them and then I'll pair it with speaking. And it's kind of turned into this neat little conference that we've done three times. And so I don't know what God holds in the future for that, but that's been really fun too, to get to host some women conferences. Oh, that's wonderful. And just to get to serve women in that way. Yeah. I really love, I'm passionate about serving women. So Mm -hmm. I love that, you know, more than, like you said, you're a speaker and you have many roles. And so I'd also yes. like to kind of shed a light on like, how do you not get lost in them? I, I draw a ton of stories from being a mom because there's just so many mom stories every day. And I'm always thinking, I love, I love humor. So I love to take, you see the humor in things. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't know. I'm always just trying to balance that. Just like this summer, I feel like I really haven't gotten a chance to do really any writing. Like I always have these big lofty goals. Like, oh, I think I'm going to write some more. I may do another study. I'm going to, you know, do this and do that. And then I've just been so busy carpooling kids around all the time. And so I'm really trying to be intentional about, you know what, this summer, all my kids are home. I'm going to really pour into them as a mom and take the pressure off myself. So I think I'm always just kind of going, Lord, what season am I in? And what do I need to focus on? Because right now being a mom is just, is all I'm really focusing on right now. But I'm praying and I'm being prayerful that God will just put ideas in my head and opportunities, just like doing this podcast. This is fun. Just get to visit and talk about things and encourage women this way. So it kind of looks different in every season. And then when everybody gets back to school, I'll have that free time where I can be more intentional about focusing on my ministry and where God's taking me. But I have to always talk to myself and reset because I'm an achiever and a go-getter. And I, I feel like I'm not getting anything done, you know, with my ministry, but, but I have to remember my first priority is being a wife and being a mother. And that's, that's a calling that God put on my heart and in my life right now. So it's hard to juggle it, but I just try to look at the seasons and, you know, really be intentional about what God has for me right now. And it's hard. I'm a planner, so it's really hard to plan ahead. So I just hold that loose and just try to see what, what season I'm in, I think. No, I relate to everything you're saying. I don't have the kids, but it's still just juggling all the different things. I lead a couple different Bible studies too. And it's okay. It can be a lot, you know, with work and friends and church and all, you know, all the good things that God has given you. They're all God honoring things, but, you know, really making sure like priorities are aligning to what he needs you pouring into right now. And I feel like sometimes it's where he's given me energy, like where I'm energized is that's good running into yeah. what's bringing you life. Mm-hmm. I have kind of poured myself into things and I'm just like, I don't even know if God asked me to do this mm-hmm. and I'm just like depleted. So I have to reevaluate and take some things off my plate. And I'm, we're just always doing that even with family stuff and activities and just saying, you know, that like the best yes to certain things. And then saying, you know, in this season, we're not going to do that. We just, one of my daughters loves cheer, the competitive cheer. And we did that last year, but we just said no to that for this next season. Cause I have two high school kids. We're going to be at high school football games every week. And my, my other daughter is going to be cheering. And I was like, we just can't be gone every weekend. So some of those competitive sports take you out of town. So we're just always evaluating our schedule and making compromises where we need to. And um, I do that personally and um, just as being a mom and a wife and everything. So every season kind of looks a little different. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good. Just to reevaluate and have the freedom to do that. Don't yes, yes. Um, you know, in your study, do you see this woman? It's a seven-week study, and you give us examples of six women who have felt unseen, unworthy, and even stuck until they experience Jesus. And you really point that mm-hmm. out. So, you know, is there one of them that you could kind of expand on for us? Well, I think the common denominator with all of the women that um, I chose is each woman needed something, they needed to be freed of something. And when they got in the presence of Jesus, he saw them, they were sort of invisible in their culture and he set them free of something that was holding them back. And, you know, for Martha, it was the wrong mindset. And for the bleeding woman, um, you know, he set her free from, he actually healed her from a condition that kept her separate from society. And so they all just had something different that they needed freedom from and they experienced freedom. And then he empowered them. And that's what I loved about it is that they left changed. You know, he saw them, he freed them and he empowered them. And he does that for us today. And I relate most to Martha. A lot of these women were freed up from a sickness or a poor reputation, you know, like they were a prostitute and they were stuck in a sin cycle. 
but I love Martha because she was just sort of stuck in fear and unbelief and perfectionism and all the things I think a lot of us can relate to. And Jesus just showed her a better way. You know, he showed her what faith was and trusting him was, and then he just revealed his power to her. So she was left changed. And I think she's probably the most relatable to women today, but just as a reminder, when we get in God's presence, he frees us from wrong mindsets and wrong thinking and wrong expectations and discouragement or whatever it is that we don't understand. And he empowers us just to trust him with the day to day. I just love that these stories are examples to us on how Jesus sees women today. So it was very relevant. He still does this and he's always freeing us up. And every season we probably need freedom from something new and we need him to empower us with the spirit to overcome whatever we're facing. And we see that play out in all of these women's lives. And I just love that common denominator. And he asked each of the women a different question and he's asking them a question to leading him, leading them into self-awareness, you know? And- well, and I think, like you said, it is that experiencing him that he does empower us. And I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who may be listening and they want this, they want that freedom, but that idea of being seen, like sometimes it is comforting to know Mm -hmm. that God sees you um, and that you're known. And then sometimes though, it can kind of create attention or trigger fear or shame that God does see us. Um, Yeah. The full situation. And that's something that you also, you know, you kind of dive into more too, is that he sees the pain. He sees the accusers. He sees the tears, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's comfort in that too, but there's also can be some fear that he sees. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to those listening who may kind of be on one side of this? You know, how can they experience mm-hmm. the peace of God's presence and also just the fear of the Lord? Well, I love the one, the example of that with the woman with the bleeding disorder. She was marked unclean and she was afraid. She was loved based on her condition, you know, and so she was afraid to approach Jesus, because she'd only experienced really conditional love. Like if she wasn't seen a certain way or, um, you know, she felt like dirty and and she didn't feel worthy to be seen. So she tried to sneak up behind Jesus and touch his robe and get a sneak healing. But he paused and he said, who touched my robe? And that's the question he presented. And I think she hid in the crowd. It said she kind of hid because I think she thought she would be scolded by him, but really he's inviting her to come into his presence the correct way. He's saying, you don't have to hide from me. You don't, you don't have to fear me. I want, I want to hear your story and I want to invite you to me. And I want you to experience um, unconditional love because there's no fear in love. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. So, so God isn't a gotcha God. He's not trying to condemn us. He's not trying to, to, um, you know, make us feel bad about ourselves or scold us. No, he invites us to come to him and he wants to free us and he wants to empower us. And he wants us to experience his unconditional love. When you're loved based on a condition, you're insecure in your standing. You don't know, oh gosh, I was bad today. Should I pray? Or I, I failed again, but that's just not how God sees us. He, he loves us unconditionally. He loves us despite our sins. He knows we're sinners. Mm-hmm. He knows we need a savior. It's why he came. And I think that's what he was showing that woman who was afraid He says, who touched my robe? He drew her out. And he says, your faith has healed you go in peace. You know, he's saying, I'm empowering you. I love you. And I want to hear your story. And it says, and she realized that she couldn't be go unseen by Jesus. She couldn't go unnoticed by Jesus. And we can't go unnoticed. He's going to always be inviting us, always be drawing us. And when she came before him, it says, she told him the whole truth. She felt safe to be vulnerable. Mm. She felt safe to show Jesus tell him her whole story and just tell him everything about her. And then he empowered her and he freed her and he healed her in that moment. So 
I don't know. I, I think all of the stories are very similar to that. The women were a little bit afraid and Jesus showed them unconditional love and we don't have to fear. That's not who God is. And that's a beautiful example. She had to answer, you know, but like you said, mm-hmm. that she felt safe. She felt the presence of his love. What we think about God says so much, you know, and so no is love helps us. Be I love when he asks his disciples, he says, who do you say I am? You know, and he asks all of us that because he's a loving God. He's a good God. He's a God who rescues us. He's a God who helps us and how we see him. It really matters in this life with our relationship with him, but he wants us to come to him. He, he doesn't, we don't have to clean up to come to him. He wants us to come as we are mm-hmm. and he's going to love us and he's going to change us but he's going to do it in love. And so, um, and he's always changing us, you know? Uh And so I just think some people think he's just got to God and he's out to get us, but he's a loving God. And we need to understand that that he's a loving heavenly father Mm -hmm. and he wants us to come to him broken so that he can make us whole. So anyone listening, I would encourage you not to be afraid to just come to Jesus as you are. He meets you there. He's calling you to him. He wants to hear your story and he wants you to be vulnerable with him. And you're safe to be vulnerable because his love is unconditional. One of the things you said, it reminds me of one of my pastors that he says, you know, God's not the gotcha God. He's mm-hmm. not going to catch us in our sin, but free us from the sin that's caught us. And, oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's just, he's here to free us and empower us like you point out so beautifully. So and condemnation and shame, that's not from God. And, you know, it's just like the woman that was caught in adultery. They wanted to stone her and, you know, and Jesus was her advocate, you know, he said, let him who is without sin, throw the first stone, you know, he stepped in and he defended her and then he empowered her and he saw her and he rescued her from death. He rescues all of us from eternal death, but he rescues us from things that bring us death. And so I just thought that's a picture too. And I talk about her that he stood in the gap and he got on her level and he helped her. And he didn't condemn her. He says, neither do I condemn you, you know, go and sin no more Then any letter into a new way of living. So that's another really powerful story in this, in this book. And so there's just a lot over and over in the Bible, Jesus is freeing women up and he doesn't shame them or condemn them or, or make them feel unworthy. He helps them and he loves them and he empowers them. And that's how he, that's what he does for us as women today. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, before we go, I do have to ask, um, because I'm on this journey of like intentionally getting out of my comfort zone and yes. I started like a YouTube channel to hold myself accountable. It's called, let's try that. And so what is something cool. new that you've tried recently, whether you failed or succeeded, doesn't matter, but, or that you plan to do soon, that would just be okay. just for fun. Is there something that comes well, to Well, gosh, my whole journey has been something new and I'm totally a nervous wreck before I do yeah. everything, like doing the conferences. Yeah. But the, I was so nervous. I'm nervous before I teach Bible studies. I, every single faith step has been something I couldn't do in my own power. And God always meets me there and helps me. And sometimes it's not pretty and it's kind of messy and I yeah. get nervous, but God always helps me and he blesses it. And something new I did last year, I did two new things. I decided to write my first trade book, which is like a book book. Yeah. And I wrote fear and about, you know, um, step, taking hold of courage. So it's kind of goes along with what you're saying, stepping out of your comfort. It's called all of the above and it's available on Amazon. And it's about Jesus's take courage statements where he tells, um, the five times in the Bible, he says, take courage to people who are facing fear mm-hmm. and he gives us tools on how to take courage. So that's, that's one thing new I did. And another new thing I did was write a poem book 
called nice. Consider the Lilies. And who know, I, who knew I would like poems, but <laughs> totally out of my box, totally out of my comfort. But I was helping my son write poems for an English project. Mm. And I was kind of like, oh, I feel inspired. Like I kind of like writing poetry. And my dad was encouraging me. He said, you should just try to write a bunch of poems this summer. And this was last summer and just see what happens and maybe put them in a book. And so I, I did. And I mean, talk about being vulnerable. I don't even know if they're good poems, but I did it and I enjoyed it. And I um, put it together in this really pretty coffee table book and it's called consider the lilies and it has pictures of lilies on it. And mm. we, I sold a bunch of them and I feel like they bless people. And it's just something that I sort of challenged myself to do, yeah. you know? Yeah. So those are two things that I just did totally out of my box, but I love that. And I think when we step out of our comfort zone, then that's where like God allows his power to work, you know, through it's true, the poetry. So we're going to have to have you back on just to talk about all of the above and consider the lilies. Yes. Yes. And it's a poetry book and there's, and my friend, who's a photographer, I paired the poems with different pictures she took and it just turned out beautiful. Mm -hmm. Really that the point behind it was just having a moment to pause and just consider the beauty of God's creation and sort of just be creative and just slow down in life and consider the lilies. And, you know, I, I liked that title. So um, that's kind of what, what inspired me to that. And that, I don't know if I'll ever write poetry again, but that was just really fun a project to get to do that was sort of just out of the box. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Now you've got me inspired to try try some poetry. I know. Yeah. It's out of my wheelhouse too, but yeah. Well, Lainey, thank you so much for coming today and everyone listening. Let's choose to do more than just agree with Lainey. Let's put this seed of faith that we've gained today to action. You know, Jesus wasn't looking for his disciples to merely agree with him, but to participate with him. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if there's someone in our lives and maybe it's ourselves that we need to speak to those areas where we feel unseen or we feel that insecurity and speak truth over them or speak truth into others to just to know that God sees you and God loves you unconditionally right where you are. The study is called, Do You See This Woman? And so, so excited for this. Lainey, thank you so much for coming. We'll chat again. Um, Yes, thanks for having me, Candice. I've loved it. Let's find strength from the stories in scripture and joy as we accept Jesus's invitation to come close. May his peace fill our hearts as we enjoy fellowship, being fully seen and fully known and fully loved with him. May we rest in his unconditional, forever pursuing love for us. The good life, well, it starts with a good day, then another, then another. Let's choose to live the good day, one day at a time.